listen to you and talk and see how you guys are and see your smiles and everything. So that really, that connection is really important. There's something about being connected that really helps. So, um, yeah, all the kids are well. Everyone is doing well. Um, we brought baby Jane today with us, so she's around there. So she's a little one, is uh, happy in the arms of others. <laughs> she's like, but she's really good because she's odd. She, she doesn't like being around strangers. And so I think she spiritually can sense this is family. I'm here at home. And so that's, I'm really glad about that. So, yeah. And so, we, yeah, we've been, um, and I have, we have been a couple of times here in the building uh, with Pastor Rod and Karen um, just helping in different areas. So it's been good to see that we're moving forward with the development of the building and, and things that, that are occurring. And so I, we continue to pray, and I know there's lots of changes that are going to happen. And so we have to be ready for that, that moment of transition. And just encouraging one another and just knowing that where God places us, we'll continue to do service in church, whether it's uh, close here to the building or virtually or whatever God allows or permits, that God will open the way. And that we could be a blessing to wherever, whether it's a local church or community, but wherever God permits us to be, that we can also be a blessing to those out there. So, are we online? <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Cameras, action. <laughs> so just there. If you want to open your Bibles in Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm still waiting if you guys confirm what we're going to. I can pause as much as I can. <laughs> Add. Um, I hope during this time of the pandemic and during this time of lockdown, you have been able to get out and also be able to um, connect with others. And if, there's, you know, if there is actually a need, if you need to talk with someone, maybe it's been a, a challenging emotionally, mentally, Talk here with the elders, with my, uh, Pastor Rod, Karen, obviously, and with ourselves as well. Gisela and I are here to help, and maybe that pastoral care, maybe someone needs. Um, there's lots of ways to communicate with us through online, through um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp groups that we have as well. So there's different ways. And it, just e emailing, uh, always someone in staff can forward if, the, if you need some prayer, maybe to just have a conversation with someone. I know. Sometimes being able to open up and share a little bit while you're kind of sitting there can help so much. We're good to go. All right. So let's open up. If you're there in Ephesians chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 3 to 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire 
possession of it to the praise of His glory. And one more text, we'll just uh, look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time that we are gathered together as your body, as your church. Um, Speak to our hearts, Lord. Encourage us, build us up. Let us know who we are in you and the blessings that we have through you. We thank you, Lord, that you're doing something new within the city and that you use your church to proclaim your truth, your love, and your wisdom, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done and what you are yet to do, Lord, in this new season ahead of us. Prepare us as a church, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I was just um, thinking about what it is being the church. I know you can study a little bit about church and you could, um, well, you can do whole modules and seminars and, and teaching about who or what the church is meant to do. But I think um, one of the things I've, not, I've been able to kind of glean being around Rod and being here in City Temple is that church is much more than what I understood and learned and what I've experienced. And I think in a moment like this where we're going through a lockdown or going through a, a moment of unprecedented times, to use that term, you, get, you begin to start to really kind of be shaken and moved into understand who you really are, what it really church is. And I'm, I'm grateful that in this season, God has placed us here. Because I, I, there's a very clear understanding of what church is. And we're, being part of that is really important. And um, looking at this letter, looking at the, just the, the text that we're reading here, it's the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. And, and it is an important letter because it, it's a church that, um, is known in the book of Revelation as being that church that lost its first love, but yet was standing for truth. That church in a very key point of area. And Paul gives this wonderful like, letter with so much truth in it, so much uh, wisdom and revelation about our identity in Christ, who we are, how we are in Him, the importance of the spiritual warfare is also in that, that the relationships of parents and children. These all these texts. And it just makes me realize that you know, we sometimes read. I don't know if you do your devotion or your time alone with God. You kind of read and rush. You know, I, want to, I remember trying to read seven chapters a day or try to read three a day. And you kind of rush just through it because you just want to get to the end and kind of, okay, is there a promise or a curse or something I've got to avoid or something I've got to do? But really when you read these letters, when you kind of now like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I've got lockdown. I've got some time to sit down. I've got to kind of meditate on it. And so you see that there's a lot of wealth, there's a lot of like richness in, in, in what he's speaking in, in just this small portion. But he's not just speaking to an individual, he's speaking to a community, a church. And that's what, here today, what God wants us to, to understand as a church and as a community. I mean, church, for many people outside, the church is a, a charity, an institution, or just a building. Uh, you go to church, you're, you're in church, you're not part of a church. These are words that we use quickly. But really, you know, we understand the church is a, is, is a body of believers. It's us together. And even though we're physically not always together, we're still the church. Church at home. Kind of been this, we'd be saying, no? 
but also kind of getting rid of what church is not. Church is not a charity. I had to kind of get that and understand that God, you know, we're not here asking for things, but we're here to, to be and to share and to give something to the world. So I'm, that's really important because, you know, again, it's just this history and this relationship Paul has with, with the Ephesians, this connection. You, you look at the book of Acts chapter 18, you see this story that he, he goes into them and shares the gospel to this place and all the, the upheaval, the change and the difficulties, everything kind of goes round there and, and um, the people who were selling idols were angry at Paul and the Christians because their businesses were going, you know, there was such a commerce and movement in there. Now that this was all happening because the truth, the gospel, and Jesus was being lifted up and people were changing and letting go of their idolatrous ways. And so they weren't happy. Was, you know, this is not good. And so, but yet Paul writes this letter, has this relationship and is encouraging them. And this verse that we just read now in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14, it's actually one long sentence in Greek. We have it split up in these uh, verses up from verse 3 all the way to 14. But if you were to originally read it, it was just one long kind of eulogy, one long kind of saying blessing, just one huge. And it's so much is packed in there. You know, he really just kind of just puts so much depth into it. And you think, you know, that he's not just wanting just us to get an information or just quickly, you know, it wasn't a quick hello. There was actually some depth into what he was writing there. And so it's about these blessings that he's given to them these in Christ that in and in God and that how we are connected to him and it's just again it's about being rooted in Christ and being in him we are Christ and in him and in we are in him and in the beloved and we're blessed this one long sentence and so I, I kind of will break up a little bit and just share uh, here and in the first part that the father blesses us because we are in Christ you know, the verse is saying to us that the blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings. So recognizing that this first blessing, that this first that we, we, we Paul first begins to praise God. First it's, you know, I want to bring you all to know that this is a wonderful and marvelous and blessed God. And then he begins to, you know, using our words to kind of lift up. And then, but at the same time, because it's all to do about Christ. We're in Him, and being in Christ. So this, this whole, and it just goes on, it just from one thing about being in the Beloved, being in Christ, being in, in Him. And so there's just this kind of wonderful kind of words coming out of Paul just in this one swoop of sentence, but it has so much promises and understand why are we blessed then? Why do we bless God? Why, why is this? And it just made me think a little bit because I, my tendency, I don't know how other people, I, I tend to be quite a bit of a complainer and I kind of inward look and I've got to really work to kind of push out my, my focus. And I, my wife is one of those who kind of like, you know, you're really complaining today, Marcos. You've got to you know, stop it. And I find it hard because I feel like, yeah, I've got to get something out. I really want to, you know, I process through speaking. And so I'd like when, I'm, when I feel something's not right, I just I need to kind of say it. But when, my wife instantly says, you're just complaining. All you're doing is complaining. And I've got to change that around. And, and, that, and as I have the, my, my, my children, they have these, I can I say, they're like little mirrors around me, <laughs> little reflections of, of me. And I can see one of them has that, that tendency that I have to complain. I can see that instantly if something goes wrong, it's just, he just wants to complain. And, 
And, then, and even though you give him all the answers and all the solutions, he will still complain. But what if this? And but what if that? And the other. And so it's that having to learn to not be inward looking, not being looking at the situation or looking at who I'm, not being self-centered, turning myself outwards and saying, okay, God, you're, you're, you've got control. You know, I'm yours and you are mine. Here we go. Help me in this. So I've noticed that my prayer life has to be more focused out. Because it's easy also in prayer to complain, isn't it? It's very easy to just say, look, God, this isn't fair. This isn't right. This isn't. And, and instead, here, when we just, even looking at the text, there's a, a moment of just kind of pushing yourself out and saying, okay, God, who are you in this? What are you doing here? What, and, and how can I glorify you? What are the blessings that I have? And I think for the Ephesian church, that was the need. The need. They needed to see and then be able to know. Paul wanted them to understand, have this groundwork for the rest of the, everything else that they were going to learn. You are rooted in Christ. You are in Him. And everything else will kind of fall into line as you're clearer in that understanding. And so, yeah, for me, that's learning to, to see that. Okay, it's the Father who blesses me in Christ. So I begin, and it's this spiritual blessings. These are, it's almost unlimited, this kind of resources that come be spiritual it's in, in the heavenly. So we even see the, the Trinity working there. It's the Father through the Son and the riches of the Spirit and in the fullness of the Spirit in His, in His reality. So we know that first it's the Father who blesses us in Christ. But we're also chosen in Christ and being part. And He is not just that... Uh, we came into the knowledge of Christ, but yet He pulled us out of the darkness from, from, the, from the kingdom of the enemy into His kingdom. There's this transfer. And we're chosen. We're now part of this family. We're part of this community. And so, again, being chosen, being part of it because of what Christ has, has done for us. But we also, the, the other part is that we're adopted. And that's what I want, I want to emphasize a little bit because this idea that, you know, that Christ... In, in Christ, we've been adopted, we've made part of the family. And no longer this, you know, this idea is, in the Old Testament, they didn't have a very clear image of adoption. I was looking for it and trying to work out, and maybe there's a little bit where you see uh, Jacob taken in by Laban, maybe, the, the, you know, Moses under Pharaoh, but it, that, that isn't the, the clear picture of what adoption is. But when we look at something more, the Roman and the Greek I thought it's quite interesting that the Romans, when they adopt, when they are the head of a family, they have complete authority. They could even kill their child. I mean, that's a bit extreme, but that was their way of, of their authority, that if they didn't want that child or they didn't see fit that child, they could annihilate. And the Greek culture was completely different. And the idea of adoption was, how can I leave a legacy, an inheritance onto another? How could I continue my name, my family, or at least wealth that I have? And so that... This image that we pull here and, and what we're understanding is that we've been called to, and adopted in Christ so that as sons and daughters we receive this inheritance. So these, all these blessings that we, we, we speak to the Father, but all the blessings that we receive, chosen, these spiritual blessings and adopted, we're inserted in a family. The depth of God's love for His children revealed. What God has, what God has done in Christ for us is the perfect and full expression of God's love for us. To be in Christ is undoubtedly to experience the great depths of God's love for us. So to know that and just to kind of dwell. So then dealing with that, maybe turmoil, 
dealing with all of those insecurities, dealing with those things that, you know, why am I here? What, what, what's, what, do you, what, am, what is my purpose? And an understanding when we know He's placed us in this. He's placed us here. Being part of the church has that, hasn't it? We, we get to discover our gifts and talents. There's no other place or institution or group that has that where, where the Spirit of God wants to awaken our gifts and our calling. And it's the place where people think, okay, I, I feel a missionary call. I feel like God wants to send me to some other nation. It's a place where the church then will also confirm that as a family and say, yeah, we can see that. There's that burning. I remember um, working with a, a young man who always, his, his heart was always to go on mission. And he was, but he also had this doubt. He says, can it be that I, I'm called for missionary work? And the pastor at the time said to him, well, look, all the other guys in the church haven't got that burden that you have. You pray for that nation. You have a burden for that nation. You, you, you seek that community out. You're always talking about them and learning from them. And God's called. And as the church also, the others would see that calling on him. So he knew there was something in that was confirming that I had that purpose. So I love that, that as a family, also, as we're you know, adopted into the family, we... You know, it's the family that sees those gifts and talents. With my kids, I see there's different things in them. Some are really good with numbers. Others artistic. Others are music or others are athletic. One of my, one of my girls, one of my daughters, they really loves climbing up trees and jumping off things. And I would never do that. I was like, it's not in my DNA. <laughs> I, mean, I was quite a, one of those kids that just enjoyed, you know, playing something simple on a board game or something. And I go, where did she get that? And I asked my wife, yep, yeah, I, I, I grew up, you know, when I was in Ecuador, it was up the trees, jumping off walls, breaking arms. And <laughs> so it's in there. It's those gifts that you see inside. When we're part of a family, part of a church, we see those, those wonderful gifts kind of pulling out. So we had this, we're part of this family. And then you see that history that we start to walk through with God. We start to see, okay, God, you've blessed us, you've chosen us, and you've accepted. And we start to walk out our identity in him, you know. We also redeemed. This other image that comes, that we are redeemed in Christ. And this is that wonderful message of the cross, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, that how Jesus has been slain before the foundation of the world. We see this in Revelation, that, you know, it was God's idea. Isn't our, in, in other religions, they, they look for giving sacrifices and look for ways to appease and to please the gods. And in, we see in the world that they look for ways to find pleasure and hedonism. And how can I, I you know, how can I, and it's, a, it's also idolatry. It's also looking for ways to, to fill your heart. But yet God, in his wisdom, he, he knew that he wanted to, a, a community, a church, a people unto him. Knowing that we would sin, preparing Christ, preparing Jesus for us. And so it has this image also of, of being bought from slavery and taken out of the market. Satan being that master over us, the, the prince of the air. But then Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, redeeming us, taking us out of that market, out of that place and saying that you're now part freedom from slavery. So that when we look at things like Exodus and we see that Moses taking out the slaves from Egypt. There's also that image that we're being taken out. And that transfer from the king from one kingdom to another. So now we're, we're part of this kingdom. So we are we're blessed by the Father. 
we are chosen in Christ, we're adopted, and we're redeemed. And all of this in Christ, all of this because of who, who He is and what He's done for us, this sacrifice, we were objects of God's wrath. We were, we were, we were the, the lawbreakers. But His blood completely forgives us of all of it, taking our guilt, our shame, and condemnation. For me, that's an, such a relief and understanding. It's very easy to be in church and also be religious. If you grow up in church, you can sometimes feel, okay, I've got to do things because everyone else is doing it and you have, until you have your encounter with God. And so it's really important that we pray. And this, I've enjoyed hearing, consistently hear, that it's, as a parent, it's our duty to be the disciples of our children. And here, you, you've got to. Here, we, in this time, we have to. The kids 24-7 looking at us at home in, this, in lockdown. And yet you're, you're practicing the gifts of the Spirit and, or the, the fruit of the Spirit, really. Sorry, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace and all the others. And you're, try, you're trying to keep it, but it, you feel it. There was a moment where I said to my wife, I need to get into a room somewhere quietly, look for a pillow and scream or something. It's just, it just, it was getting. It was like, it's, this, we're doing homeschooling, cooking, PE. We are, you know, going back and forth and trying to work and study at the same time. It's just, there was a breaking point. And I had to call Rod, and I said, this is it. <laughs> as far as I could go. But it's, no, you're in Christ. <laughs> you know who you are, remember. And to know that. So it's, it's that place, Lord, you've redeemed us. You've, yes, we can do this, Father. We're, we, you know, you've lavished. And that word that's in the, in the, in the text, that he's lavished abundantly, he's, he gave us abundantly. He gave us more than what we expect, more than what we needed. How wonderful is that grace? It isn't that God adds more grace, but that the grace is there. It's so much, no matter how much we fail or how much we feel insecure or how much sometimes we, we kind of mess it up, it can never ever go past the grace that God has given us. And, that we can, and, and it should call us out to Lord, then I, I want more of you. And you are a holy God. You are righteous, you are merciful, you are wonderful. And I need to pursue that. I need to, 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 to not, not live in the condition and the limits that I have in this flesh, Lord. I want to break and be more of, of Christ-like. Isn't it sometimes when we're sharing the gospel, we, you know, we, we may say something like, are you a Christian? And if you talk to people in certain, maybe like Roman Catholic cultures, Philippines, so, Latin America, Spain. If you say to someone, are you a Christian? They'll automatically say yes. In Latin America, Italy, they'll say things like, yeah, I'm Roman apostolic Christian. And they have no idea what it means. But if you say something like this, are you Christ-like? That completely, like, what does that mean? Are you more like Christ? Well, that's a whole different thing. Because being like Christ means I've got to look at Christ. How does he behave? What does he do? What does he say? So maybe our evangelism has to be more like, you know, are you Christ-like? <laughs> and someone look at you and go, what does that mean? <laughs> and you can share the gospel. God loves you and he's died for you. So thinking about those things, that he's lavished and redeemed us in Christ. He's given us more grace than what we can imagine and need. And it talks about this mystery revealed, that in Christ the mystery is revealed. And it's this plan, this salvation that no one could imagine, no one could thought. In the Old Testament, they knew something was ahead. They knew that, okay, we sin, we're broken, we're separated from God, but 
how. In the Old Testament, under the law, no one could get it right. We, we, we need the sacrifices, and we needed to give blood, and we needed a high priest, a physical person to do this, but we feel still far from God. We still need someone to intercede for us. We needed someone to mediate for us. How do, how, and it was, this, it was just a shadow. They could not see yet what was to come. They would hear there would one day be someone who would crush the serpent's head. They would hear that one day he would, he, he would take our bruises, our iniquity. He would take, by his stripes, we would be healed. And so this mystery is revealed to us now in Christ. Paul's saying, yes, for the Jews, for those who were in the law, it's still a mystery, but those who are in Christ, now it's been revealed to us. And we understand that this was God's plan. God pre prepared this. God made it through Christ Jesus. So not just that there'd be... Because for the Jews, it would have felt, we're the special, we're the chosen ones. We've been separated out. We've been given the law. And we understand God, Yahweh, He's one. And we understand that he has, he is his, we're His people and His chosen, uh, redeemed ones. But yet, it, there was also this promise, remember, to Abraham that all nations of the earth would be blessed. All families would be blessed. How was this going to become? Again, it was still to them a mystery. How? And then even in Isaiah and other prophets, they would speak of what one day would happen. We would come, all nations would come to God, would know Him, that the law would be in their hearts, that they would not sin from within. It wouldn't be, an, they would, this separation, this war would be taken away. And Ephesians deals with that. It's a really, you know, further on in chapter 2, it has a great message on how the Jew and Gentile, now there's a new man in Christ. But this mystery to us is revealed. God will now bless all nations. And the mystery is no longer there. It's now we know we're, 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 we are the people of God. We are His church. And we take this message out. We, we share this with others. We share it to different cultures and communities. Bringing it to the Muslim, to the atheist, to the Hindu. And sharing and, and, and to those who think they're, they're saved. The last part that I want to kind of share on this one in, in, in that we are, again, I just want to repeat, that the Father has blessed us in Christ, that we are chosen in Christ, we're adopted in Christ, we're redeemed in Christ, the mystery is revealed in Christ, and the last part, we are marked and sealed in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, this is the whole Trinity working, the Father through the Son, and in the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit to remind us that we have a new lordship. That we're no longer servants to the world or to the systems or the structures. And we're no longer underbound in that slavery to our flesh. But now in Christ set free, now we can live for our new king, our Lord and Savior. And that we can give him all our praise and worship. And now we're now under his dominion, under his kingdom. And our prayer being, Lord, let your will be done. Your purposes be done what is it you want to do and we are blessed in him all of this as a church all of this as a community blessed as as a community blessed as a people of God and to just think again like I said Paul in one blow of a sentence says this whole thing all of that stored up he's actually in prison writing this you know he was in lockdown literally <laughs> and he brings out these great revelations Maybe, it's been, maybe some of you are writing great things for God, worship songs or ideas. It's in that pressure, isn't it, in that place. 
and it takes me just to think about that verse that I, I read to you at the beginning in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. It's, you know, Jesus saying to Peter, you know, that the gates of hell will not prevail against its church, and I will build my church. I will put it together. And it is a shame when churches are trying to build up and gather people and have a bigger and, you know, more multitudes and kind of this idea that bigger is better. Right now, it's really hard. Being big is very difficult in this time. Where can you put all the people? And everyone having to think. But it's also this point, of, you know, have I grown my church with God or without God? Have I done His will or not? And, and it's, it was God's plan. It was to build the church. And, but there's always that humanness, isn't there, to kind of do. And I, I grew up in that kind of movement a lot where it was like, how do we build the church? How do we get more people in through the front door? And it felt almost like a conveyor belt. And it almost created... I mean, you weren't, it wasn't natural. It wasn't healthy. And it's God that takes you away from some of these things and He lets you see, I will build my church. And I really... I can say in, in the spirit, in my heart, as I talk with Rod and I talk with the elders in the church, as I share with you, brothers and sisters, I know God has yet to do a greater work in City Temple. I know that in my spirit. I know that we are being placed for such a time as this, if to use that, that there is something yet. And it, you can feel that it, the, the shift around the city you know, you walk around here, something has changed spiritually and physically. And yet we're here. We haven't stopped. When everyone else has shut down and gone away, the church has continued. And there's something prophetic and wonderful and, and, and glorious in that, to see that God is working at His church. And like it says, the gates of hell, the, the, the pandemic or whatever is coming against, it will not prevail against His church. And we will break through it because we are blessed. We are in Christ, and something will change. But what we say and what we do will transform. So we are here, and I believe that we, you know, we, we, we're taking hold of, of a new season, of a new time, and it's, you can see almost the, the shift and the transition. And then I guess that's kind of my prophetic kind of feeling that's going, but also understanding that we're, we're praying and just asking the Lord to guide us as a community and as a church. So we let, let us pray. Let us stand as we pray. I ask you, or as you sit, as however the Lord leads you, and those online as well. I'm so grateful that you, there are people from different countries. There's uh, people in Brussels, I think uh, other parts of uh, the nation as well. I know Scotland's watching today, so we have some hits up there. But we just pray that from here we, we bless the nations. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. I'm grateful, Lord, for, for the history of your church here in the city of London. For the men of God that have gone before us. And the women in the church and the community, the elders that have been before here, Lord. And Lord, it feels you're closing one season that you're taking us into another season. And just prepare our hearts for that, Lord. Prepare us, Lord, as we're grounded in you. That everything can move around. Everything can change in the world. Heaven and earth can pass away. But your word, your truth, your, your promises are forever the same, Lord. We know we can stand in you, Lord. 
And though things are shifting and changing, Lord, we will grow, we will rise, we will be stronger in you through this, Lord. Father, I'm grateful, Lord, that we are together as a church, even online, Lord. And I pray right now, Father, for physical healing, Lord. You've blessed us as a church to pray for the sick, to pray for those who are oppressed. I pray for anyone who has back pain. I pray for those who may be affected in their ears. I pray for those maybe who have uh, any ailment in their bodies. And I pray, Lord, that you heal right now, Lord. Father, I thank as you've as your word has shown us, Lord, by your stripes we have been healed. That Christ took up infirmities and in our sickness. And maybe as we cannot physically touch, but you can put your hand maybe in the area where you are needing healing. Or you can just put your hand on your heart as a, if, it's a, if you're unable to put your hand in that area. And we pray right now, I command every sickness, Every, every pain, inflammation, anything that's causing damage to the body to go in Jesus' name. I pray for healing right now. Holy Spirit, I bless what you're doing. Physically, physical healing in people's bodies right now. Muscles, nerves, tendons, whatever's affecting their bodies right now. And those at home, Lord, we just thank you because your Spirit is working through us as a church. Those listening online, just pray right now, Lord, that you heal, that your spirit bring. Uh, neck pain. And the neck pain, whatever neck pain there is, it's been affecting consistently. I pray against I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your healing in Jesus' name. I thank you. Lord, Father, churches, we lift up our hands and just begin to thank him. Lord, we are blessed in you. We are blessed in Christ. We are a blessing in the city. We are a blessing in our homes. We are a blessing in our work, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you're using us in this time to, to speak those words of truth over so much criticism and discouragement and hopelessness that is right now in, in many areas of the city, in schools and shops. That we, Lord, that we speak life and hope, Lord. You have the final word in every situation, Lord. We give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's rise to our feet as we take the last song. Every knee will bow before 
Every knee 